Welcome back to the Kick and Post podcast with your hosts, Jamal Thompson and Otto DeVries. We're going to go into some week five recap, but before that, we have a little bit of breaking news. The Chiefs are exploring a trade for Marlon Mack. Jeez. Yes. Um, I guess the knee injury to... I guess the knee injury to CEH, I'm not sure how serious it is. Um, he's going to miss a... MCL sprain. Yeah, he's going to miss a few weeks, but... Marlon Mack being added to that backfield, uh, do you think this makes him a waiver add? Like, how high on the priority list would you add Marlon Mack? Because, in my opinion, I think he'll be the best running back out of the trio that they'll have back there if they add him. Well, I think they like Daryl Williams enough, um, especially for this week. But if you're looking, if you have CEH moving forward, I would definitely. definitely make a claim for Marlon Mack mm. especially since not a lot of people will be thinking about it yeah uh, especially like with the news just coming out yeah I, and waivers being tomorrow morning I put in a little I think something that it's a I think it's a very viable use of waiver like right now like for me I have CEH in one league and I'm gonna spend most of my fab on Daryl Williams just because I need to get past this bye week yeah so like Daryl Williams will definitely be the starter next week, especially being how complicated the Chiefs' offense can be. Um, and it'll take Marlon Mack to get take a second to get get a grasp on it. But I definitely think moving forward, he could be a, a flex play for teams in need. Yeah, I was looking at it. I, I, the one team I have CEH in, um, it was a 12-team league. Uh, Daryl Williams is already on somebody's bench. They... I guess took him really early, got him really early or whatever. Marlon Mack, it's something I saw. I was watching him closely, especially last night, because I know they've been giving him touches since he asked for a trade, just to see how he looked coming off the line. Um, also, it's like a test subject for coming back from that Achilles, because I keep hearing um, once you suffer that Achilles injury, you're washed, you're done uh, as a running back, just based on, like, you know, injuries in the past. Um and he looked really explosive last night. Uh, it, it, he didn't look like he really lost any burst. Look, looked like he was still running past people. So it was good to see that, especially as somebody who went out and invested in Cam Akers a lot this offseason after he tore his AC, um, not ACL, tore his Achilles. Um, and I was just thinking, like, which team's going to make the play for him? I figured it would have been maybe the team on the other side of the ball, the Ravens. But they're working things out with Freeman, Tyson, and Murray. So I, I guess they're out of the, the market for a running back. Um, I was considering, unfortunately, the Jags adding him to the mix because they like using multiple backs. But the Chiefs make a really smart move after that injury. It's not it's not confirmed yet, but they're in talks, and I don't see what, what could happen for them to not get it done. Um, so, yeah, very, very excited for a guy like Marlon Mack who – before tearing his Achilles and before the Colts drafting Jonathan Taylor was a thousand yard rusher a couple times for him. So he could be a game changer for that offense. And he's a fairly decent pass catching back as well. So and good in the blocking yeah. game. He was a true workhorse. Yeah, one hundred percent true workhorse. Nice size out of USF. So um we'll see how that pans out. Just had to drop that little breaking news nugget on y'all real quick. But we go into it. 
week 15, not week 15, week 5, me and Otto had our 15 picks going into the weekend. Otto went bananas, went 11 for 15 on his picks. Um, we could start off with that Jets-Falcons early morning London game. Quite underwhelming for the first, what, I'd say three quarters. Uh, if you're if you were looking to bet on the Jets, then yes. Uh, but I love the way the Falcons started that game. Yeah, uh, they had a seventeen to zero lead, um, twenty to three at the end of two quarters, and it got like the Falcons just love to like give up leads. It's just like their thing. <laughs> yeah, like if they had to trademark something, it would be that. Um, they end up winning twenty seven to twenty. Zach Wilson looked really bad in the first half. Not as bad in the second half. Um, some points to take away is Michael Carter definitely has a stranglehold on the number one running back spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Tevin Coleman does play. He is still alive. Uh, he seems to be their special teams guy right now, though. Insane. Um, <laughs> so Ty, Ty Johnson looks to be the backup uh, running, back, yeah. running back there. Yeah. Um, it was something I was looking at in the preseason for sure. I was acquiring no shares of Tevin Coleman because I knew this time would come where they'd they'd find the more explosive back anyway. Plus, they invested draft capital into Michael Carter, so it was just a matter of time. Um, so again, a lot of the zero RB strategists who took Coleman are kind of left. Hopefully, they stashed a guy like at least um, Ty Johnson on their bench or something because. It's, it's kind of a wash there for Coleman owners. To be honest, it's kind of a similar situation on the other side of the ball. The only difference is Mike Davis is getting volume, but he is very inefficient with that volume. Um, people drafted him as more of a fifth to sixth round running back, expecting him to duplicate what he did in Carolina with the Panthers when CMC went down, but... You're, you're seeing a lot more that that was more of a system situation because he has not been able to perform for the Falcons. Granted, he is getting hit in the backfield a lot, but when you see a guy like Cordero Patterson get the ball in that backfield, somebody with some actual burst and um, running ability, he, he makes cuts and he gets up the field and gets positive yardage. Um, if that keeps progressing, expect Mike Davis's touches to, to start being siphoned a little bit more from a guy like Cordero Patterson. I was one on board with selling a guy like Patterson because I feel like the volume was too low, but he looks way better coming out of the backfield than a Mike Davis does, and as time progresses, I feel like they're just going to keep giving him more work out of the backfield at least, and not to mention how uh, diverse you could use him. Diversely, you could use him. He's very much a, a utility type of player, so you could you could spread him in the backfield. You could run sweeps with him, all of that. So I feel like his touches are going to go up over the season. And um, based on their schedule, I feel like you could definitely stash a guy like Patterson. If you're in a sell-high position, I'm expecting you to go for a, a, a higher price now than probably I would have told you last week, to be honest. Because the schedule is favorable uh, going down the season. You got the Dolphins next week, which is a great matchup. Panthers' defense is uh, the number one defense, technically, but we see they can be had. Um, Saints after that. Cowboys is a rough matchup. 
Patriots defense is not what it used to be, and then Jaguars. So you have very usable games here if you're a Patterson owner. And if you bought high this week, I feel like the price went up after this week as well. So not a bad, not a bad roster spot to have Cordero Patterson in. Yeah, you know, I said it on a bunch last podcast how much I love Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Um, he is like a true utility guy. Uh, in this game, he actually doubled his most carries on the season. Uh, he had 14. Um, towards the end, he wasn't as efficient, but in the beginning of the game, he was really toting the rock. Um, he also had a season high in targets, nine, um, with no Ridley there. You can expect that number to go down maybe two to three targets. Yeah. Uh, but the same goes for Kyle Pitts, who also broke out. Uh, nine for 119 and a touchdown with 10 targets uh, another career high for for Kyle Pitts and this was the definitely the get right game for the Falcons uh, offensively yeah and they had a couple good plays from I think it's it said Zacchaeus yeah and uh, another Olamide or something like that yeah and then uh, Tajay Sharp also had a really big third down conversion for them so they're they're making things work. Uh, Hayden Hurst is still uh, usable, not usable, but his usage is making makes me like nervous. What do you mean um, for for Pitts? Yeah, like like if Ridley's there, obviously Pitts isn't getting ten targets, mm-hmm. but Hurst got five targets by on his own, and they found him in the the end zone as well. Yeah. Um, um, not that it's super concerning moving forward in Dynasty, but in redraft, I do take this game with uh, a little bit of what's the word I'm looking for? Caution. Yeah, like I'm very hesitant on this performance from Pitts, and if it's rep, uh, if it's able to be replicated. It's one of those things where, because of really being out, I even saw aspects where they were lining him up out wide. You know. Because he has the build of a of a wide receiver anyway. Um, the agility, athleticism of a wide receiver. So there are things that they did with him that they probably weren't doing as much when Ridley was playing. Um, I agree with the, for redraft in this year, you might be a little bit apprehensive on saying, okay, this is what Pitts is going to put up week to week going forward. Um, did they run any two tight end sets at all? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, so like... I feel like if you have, if he's still on the field, if he's still playing a high percentage of snaps, I I wouldn't be too worried. But we we went into it, especially at the beginning of the year, that Pitts was supposed to be mainly a dynasty target for you based on where he was going in redraft. And I mean, yes, he is seeing the volume. And the Tigers starting to change between him and Hawkinson from that draft spot. They were both going around the fourth to fifth round in drafts. And it's starting to shift where Pitts is being utilized more than a Hawkinson. So, um, again, with how the tight end landscape is, there's not many guys out there anyway. I mean, if you want to try to sell high on a Pitts, you're not really going to be able to acquire anything better, I think, unless you put a lot with them. Um, So temper expectations but i feel like this game is a very a step in the right direction for him if you own him in redraft yeah i agree and um that was one of our key games uh 
our key differences. So that was one that Amal got wrong. Yeah, I got I had the Jets, and as soon as I saw the game started, I was like, yeah, this is yeah, this one's up. And um, that moves us into probably one of the more interesting games of the one o'clock slate. We had the Packers versus the Bengals. Man. Um, a lot closer than I was expecting. I <laughs> figured it would be like a seven-point win or, yeah. or even more than that. Uh, Aaron Jones, super efficient day. Um, Aaron Rodgers could could be better. Not bad. Could be better. Um, <laughs> Not bad. Could be better. Devontae, man. <laughs> man, oh, man, um, oh, man. Nobody – it's so weird. Like, any other receiver – and I mean any other receiver. Like, it, it could be Hopkins. You, you'll see a post on social media. Oh, 11 catches, 200 yards. I didn't see a single thing for Devontae. Yeah, it was Adams. really quiet. It's it's just, I feel like people expect this out of him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 11, no. 206, and a touchdown. Hold on, hold on. So, I think one of the main reasons you didn't see it as well, though, is just all the other things that surrounded this game. I think in a different circumstance, you'd see at least maybe one post. But the way this game ended kind of just overshadowed everything. Like, if you think about it, we didn't even hear anything about Chase's breakout either. Because he had a day. But it's just yeah. all the craziness that happened at the end of the game kind of overshadowed the production, in my opinion. But, go ahead. Um, that kind of wraps it up for the Packers. Uh, although, one last thing to mention... Uh, A.J. Dillon is getting an extreme amount of work. Yes, he um, is. Especially in the passing game. He had four targets on top of that, eight carries. Uh, didn't look too bad. Looked really good in the passing game, though, and he was not a pass catcher at Boston College. Scored a little tutty um, off the passing game, too. Just something to look forward to uh, if you're a Packers fan in the future. Life after Aaron Jones is going to be good. Um, or if not, if you're just a, a dynasty player, do not get rid of A.J. Dillon or sell him for cheap because he's either carving out a role in this offense or they're showing his usage so that he could be somebody of value in a trade or something. I think they're going to hold on to him, but they're showing that he is a usable running back in this league. And he's showing that he has what it takes to be a, a solid player in the league. Um, I was watching some YouTube channel the other day and they were breaking down some of his pre-draft stats. And his 40 time was the same as Derrick Henry's, and his height is the same as Derrick Henry's. Now, I don't think he had the same bench or anything like that. Of course, Derrick Henry's still a better athlete, but there is aspects there that could lend itself to him being at least a Derrick Henry light. And I was a little bit down on AJ Dillon when he got drafted, just based on, again, in college, they just bruised him so much. He had so many carries at Boston College. And I think he had one catch in his entire career. <laughs> um, and that's not even that much hyperbole. Like, they didn't throw the ball at Boston College that much while he was there. But he's shown the ability to evolve and be a usable utility back in that backfield. I did start him in one league kind of for jokes. But he played super well. He was like my highest scoring running back in that league. Granted, I don't have best, the best running backs in that league, but... Um, from a dynasty perspective, if you could kind of get him in a deal by like kind of just throwing him onto the end of a deal, kind of like if you're doing a big deal, just throw him in there as like a throw-in, or if you could get him off the waivers when people are like, you know, panicking over other things and dropping him, definitely do that because the value is there. Agreed. Um, moving on to the Bengals side of the ball, 
Joe Mixon uh, was a, was questionable all week. Uh, they decided to let him go. He was healthy enough. He didn't look it. A very inefficient day for him. Uh, only 33 yards on the ground. Um, Burrow looked good. I mean, he had two picks, but he, I think he looked decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamar Chase really did his thing. He's a set-it-and-forget-it wide receiver. Six for 159, 70-yard long. I think that was for the touchdown, too. Uh, Higgins is also back this game, kind of underwhelming uh, from a fantasy perspective. Fun. Uh, playing football, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Boyd, coming off a big week last week. Big letdown spot. Uh, four for 24. Same with Uzoma. Didn't really get the work that he did or the touchdowns that he did. So, I think a big takeaway. I think a big takeaway is Jair Alexander being out meant that a lot of the coverage had to switch. And if you have your usually your number two um, cornerback covering Jamar Chase, it's gonna be a long day for your secondary. He's a talented enough receiver that he draws first coverage already as a rookie. And um, they don't have their cover guy. And I'm not sure what the outlook is on that for Jair, like how soon he'll be back. I think he might, ha- I think he might have had surgery, uh, to be honest. I think it might have been a huge hit for that secondary going forward this year. I'm not sure if he's out for the season, but I do know it's going to be a few weeks without Jair, and that's going to affect the Packers tremendously. I think the only takeaway I have left for this game is, man, kickers had a rough week. But Mason Crosby, this isn't the first time I've seen him struggle um, kicking the ball. It's cost the Packers some games in, in prior years. But to miss four, go- to miss three, or was it four? I think he missed four go-ahead field goals and then hit the fifth one. The fact that he even got a chance to still hit the go-ahead field goal is kind of insane. All that time in OT, um, Evan McPherson for the Bengals thinking he made his kick in OT hitting it wide right just all that pandemonium and for the Packers to still be able to sneak this game out um it was it was exciting and looking at their schedule what are they four and one they go next week into a matchup against the Bears with I think it might be Dalton back not to skip ahead too much but Fields did suffer a bit of an injury um uh but he continued he did they brought him back in Mm mm-hmm yeah, and Dalton was named the backup. Again? Okay, cool. But um, them against Fields in um, a spot that maybe Allen Robinson could get right because of Nojari Alexander, it would be an interesting matchup. Like, throw the, the records out the window. That's that's always a rivalry. So we'll see how that matchup goes for the Packers. But, yeah, very, um, very exciting game and a clutch win for, for the Packers who – not to be overshadowed, the the NFC North matchup that came next in the slate, another tough spot for for the Lions, man. Two weeks in a row now, two weeks in a row. Game no, walk off, two weeks in a row. isn't it? Mm-mm. They had the Bears last week. Oh well, a, a little middle spot second in there. Time this, second, second time, time this, this year. year, yeah. Second time this year. Second time in three weeks. Um, a 17-19 scoreline. Um, and they're on the wrong side of it. But uh, they played a tough game again, man. The Lions are fighting. And I think if you can take anything from it, it's um, even 
if the record doesn't show, they are a very challenging team to play. They have a lot of talent on the field in certain spots. DeAndre Swift doing his thing. Um, Jared Goff managing the game as best as possible with, with the receivers that he has. Um, teams are playing intense coverage on a Hawkinson. They're making sure that it's not going to be him. And he's playing with a labored knee, so you have to throw that in the mix. But to, to be playing these games so closely with teams that are pretty competitive trying to compete for playoff spots it shows a lot to the to the coaching of dan campbell who took this loss really hard for his guys um oh yeah that boy was in tears yeah close to tears crying in the press conference because um it's tough it's tough to go out there it's a very emotional game for to to fight back and get right into a spot where you think this is the one and then to kind of have your heart ripped out by three deep throws and a kick um but they lose to Minnesota, 17-19. Walk-off field goal by Joseph. Uh, what can we say? Minnesota missed Dalvin Cook this week. He was out dealing with that ankle injury again. But Madison fills in perfectly again. Um, if you own Cook, you have to own Madison. That's without say. In Dynasty, Madison is a stash guy. Just based on Dalvin's injury history. So we didn't have to tell you that. Um, Justin Jefferson getting the yardage but still hasn't found the end zone that much this year. 7 for 124. Um, Kirk Cousin had a very, you know, pedestrian day. 275 for a touchdown and an interception. Um, but they did enough to win the game. I think Thielen had solid production as well, if I'm not mistaken. Thielen. Nah, he was quiet. I mean, he caught two deep passes on that. On that, Yeah, he those are, those are the only passes he caught. On the he was quiet the two passes to to get them into field goal range were were Thielen, two for forty, um, but yeah that that was a pretty pedestrian day from him. But if you look on the Detroit side of the ball, uh, they're still using Swift. Interestingly, I mean as a Swift owner, I'm not upset because he's still getting valuable usage. But he had 11 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. But the part that really sets him apart as a running back in that top 10 tier is just the receiving usage six for 53 because of the lack of offensive weapons there he's pretty much like a wide receiver too for the team so oh, yeah. he, he is nice out of the backfield yeah and his floor is super high because of like like you said all that usage in the passing game yeah and you assume that the lions are going to be down more often than not so. this is true and um they lose quintus cephas possibly for the year um, one guy to look out for on the waivers if he's not already on somebody's bench is Amon Ra St. Brown. Um, ended up with seven catches for 63 yards. No, 65. He kind of slots into that wide receiver one role, um, even though they're expecting Tyrell Williams back this week. Uh, yeah, possibly. That's what I think I saw, either this week or next week. But no Quintus Cephas opens up even more targets in that offense. Um, as a DeAndre Swift owner, I am excited for the prospect of him finishing top 10 in running back pr- production, just based on, again, passing passing usage. Um, I don't see that going down, and just because of that split with him and Williams, it's actually a positive split because he's able to stay fresh throughout the game. If you saw the burst he had on that go-ahead touchdown um, at the back end of the game, he looked like he was still playing in the first quarter, so... We'll take the way they're using DeAndre Swift. 
Um, sometimes volume isn't always king. It's it's valuable touches, and he's getting the valuable touches, so I'm, I'm all good with it. If you're a Swift owner, are you selling or are you keeping? Because in a few leagues I participate in, people are trying to sell high um, or just acquire for future, and some people are really just flipping him for veteran running backs. But where would you be where this is concerned? Uh, I'm keeping him 100% of the time. I'm actually, if, if he's on the block, I'm looking to to snag him yeah uh, sadly in Florida Fantasy League he's not on the block nah um champion of chumps neither neither is he on the block there either I don't need a running back I mean in that league. you could get a young one nah I don't need it I don't need it <laughs> okay. we good over here um yeah uh, does Jamal William Jamal Williams ever give you any worry? No, because again, um, they're in a spa- smash spot where both guys could produce. I'm not going to call it like Chubb Hunt level of production, but I understand that with Jamal Williams being involved, it kind of lessens the usage on a guy. Like it gives him breathing room because the amount of ways they use DeAndre Swift, he will need rest, right? Um, he's not built like a Najee where he could be out there for 90% of the snaps being used in both roles and hold up for the whole year, right? Najee's build allows him to do that. And he went out with cramps this year, this this game, not to skip ahead, but use that much usage wears on the body. So I'm good with them giving him some breathing room, getting Jamal Williams touches and getting him involved still. But... In a long-term way, definitely not. And for the redraft perspective, nah. I mean, right now, Swift, I think, is still a top five back, if I'm not mistaken, with that Jamal Williams usage. Um, And there's not much higher you could go with Williams' usage based on what Swift provides you. So, yeah, I'm not really worried. As long as he's still getting that three to six catches a game for about 40 yards... That production is going to take care of all the rushing production he gets taken from Jamal Williams' touches anyway, so I'm good with it. Um, as of this recording, uh, he is running back seven. Mm, okay, yeah. James Robinson had a good week, so he stayed up in that top five as well. Najee had a good week. He probably went up there. Um, no, James Robinson is 11 he was 10, but Jonathan Taylor Oh, Jonathan Taylor night. skipped, yeah. Um, Kareem Hunt is 6, Zeke 5, Najee Zeke 4. Zeke went up, Najee went up, okay. Cordero Patterson 3, yeah. you know how we get down. Yeah. And then the top two stayed the same. Yeah. King and um, Eckler. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Najee, uh, did suffer a little bit of a uh, injury, I believe. I th- they said it was cramps. I it was his knee. Oh, it was, it was cramps. They said it was cramps. All I, heard, all, all I read was that he was hurt and that he's not playing anymore. Yeah, it looked like... Okay, so that was the last part of... I saw his last two um, plays of the game. So, he made a cut out to try to catch a ball, caught it, got tackled, but it looked like he was dealing with like a calf strain or something initially, and I got kind of panicked because he, he was in the huddle, but he wasn't in the huddle. He was behind the huddle trying to stretch his calf, right? And I was like, oh boy, but he stayed in. And then he ran like a Texas route and he slipped. 
before cutting back in um and ben missed him on that catch and then he kind of like limped off the field and went off and i was like oh gosh but it came out because i think he sat the whole fourth quarter it came out that he was dealing with cramps and um that's what was affecting his legs and if that's it and hopefully that's it i'm i'm okay i was a little bit worried as an owner of Najee in a very important league but yeah with the amount of usage he was getting it, it was bound for cramps to set in especially in that kind of weather so yeah um so that was another one that we uh we differed on was it yeah yeah and i, I just I just felt like the Steelers at home was a, was a good play. Um, I mean, I think with Bridgewater back, they obviously looked a lot better on offense than uh, I was expecting. Yeah. Because uh, going into it, I didn't think he was going to be there, and that was one of the main reasons uh, I'd pick the Steelers as well. But uh, Corton Sutton looked like like he's supposed to as a wide receiver one at the moment. Um, definitely has the build for it. Seven for 120 and a touchdown. Sadly, sitting on my bench. Yeah, uh, I benched really him in the league that I had him too. Much. It's just hard. Like, you don't know what you're gonna get. Like, one week he has 28 fantasy points, next week he has seven. Yeah. You know? Um, and for for him, it's mostly volume. Like his other big week came off nine catches for 159 yards, and then the two after that was uh, both under nine targets. Three catches and five catches uh, for not very long. So yeah, yeah. I think a lot of them chasing this game is what led to his production. If you saw a couple of the last catches he had, especially in the fourth quarter, I think fourth quarter was majority of his production. Um, it was because of the chase. Um, in the first part of the game, he was not a wall, but not as involved as seven catches for one twenty would make you think right um and like you said it's hard to know when to play him because of the inconsistency but if you're in a situation where you have three wide receivers like this week i trotted out um, marquise brown terry mclaurin and i think it was lavishka chenault in in my three spots based on matchup and who i think would get more targets and i benched him in that league I mean, the only one I'm probably kicking myself for not switching out is Chenault. And I was okay because the Titans have a horrible secondary. So I, I thought I'd, I'd take that over the Steelers who had, I think, Joe Hayden coming back and usually a more defined defense. So, But who do, who does, who do the Broncos play next week? Because we talk about it. They play the Raiders. Do you play him next week? Um... Honestly, see, I don't. It, I guess it just depends on who you have. Like, I'm personally not going to play him over an Antonio Brown. Nope. Uh, I'm not playing him. Who, who, who's another good flex? I mean, it, it just depends who you have. Like, you could have Calvin Ridley on by. You can have Cordero Patterson on by. You can have, God forbid, you're starting anybody from the Saints other than Kamara. Say Callaway on by if it's a deeper league. Like. If you need to slot somebody in, well, you should have been starting Sutton over at Callaway anyway, but that's besides the point. Uh, Like, I'll give my lineup as an example real quick. I have Marquise Brown playing the Chargers secondary. I have LaVishka playing Miami secondary, which I feel like I can't take him out there. I have 
Well, Terry McLaurin is a start and forget it guy anyway. But I have Terry playing Kansas City where, where I'm definitely not taking him out. Um, and then I have a decision in my flex spot. Do I put in a Devontae Booker against the Rams? I don't think so. Or do I go ahead and put in um, Sutton in that spot and just start Sutton, McLaurin, Chenault, and Marquise Brown? Um, and also have Higgins on the bench who mm-hmm. plays Detroit. Uh, see, I'd start I'd start Higgins over Sutton. Yeah, I know. Oh wait, T Higgins or Rashad? Higgins? T Higgins. Um. Yeah, I'm starting. I'm starting Higgins then. Yeah, and then I possibly have Julio coming back against the Bills, but I don't know what to do with that Tennessee passing offense personally. Yeah, I mean AJ Brown was supposed to be a smash spot. Um, but we'll get into that. Yeah, tough game to decide anyway. Like if that's something to to put on the players or just the scheme because they were never in a situation where they were worried about the Jags, so. But, I mean, nobody is. Yeah. I mean, this next game, I know... I'm talking all this trash, but they'll probably beat the Niners this year. <laughs> this next team that, that put up 45, they weren't worried about who they played against either. But unlike Tennessee, they just kept throwing the ball. Um, the Bucks demolished the Dolphins. No surprise there. 45-17. to 17. Um, Had the possibility to make it 52. I think they were on the five-yard line with like 45 seconds left. And then they pretty much mercy ruled him. Decided not to, you know, pad Brady's stats any further. But they pulled him. They did, mm-hmm. bro. Four eleven for five touchdowns. Thirty for forty one. Dude. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert took the whole last drive. Dude. Thirty for forty one. Four eleven and five touchdowns in a very historic career that he he has. That's the first time he's had four hundred yards and five TDs in a game. Which is pretty nuts. Yeah. I mean, A.B., man, 7 for 124 in two TDs. We told you. We told you at the beginning of the season. One of the wide receivers getting drafted way too late based on what was happening at the back end of last year and him having a whole year to, to get his, his self right physically and hopefully mentally is Antonio Brown. And he is... Shining as one of those late round wide receivers that you might have taken in a late round stack with Brady, um, paying huge dividends when he's healthy. Um, Lenny, Lenny Fournette, 12 for 67 and a touchdown. Clearly the number one back in that backfield. Um, Ronald Jones' usage is just so low. Uh, at this point, I'd play a Giovanni Bernard over Ronald Jones as well, who caught himself a touchdown this week. Uh, didn't really get much rushing attempts. He got four for 21, but was targeted a bit out of the backfield. Two for 14 in the touchdown for Giovanni Bernard. Um, in deeper leagues, is definitely worth um, a flex spot. Um, you could probably honestly keep him in your league as a bye week starter too, if you if you're really thin on the running back position. But how do you feel about Ronald Jones from a dynasty perspective? What do you do with him? Because he's super young. And we've seen the talent. Um, he's only 24 years old. 24. Um, we've seen potential. He had some big games last year. Just seems to not really be what Tampa is looking for as a competitive team, looking to repeat 
they don't trust him. So if you were an owner of Ronald Jones, I think he's at such a low value point right now. What do you do? I believe that you stash him. Um, in Dynasty, in redraft, you can drop him. Yeah. In Dynasty, in Dynasty, looking long term as a 24 year old running back, uh, he has he has four or five years left. Uh, I don't hate him on another team. Yeah. It's just opportunity. Uh, he's, he's shown flashes in the past that he can get the job done if 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 they give him the ball. Uh, it's just not the right fit for him right now. And I think moving forward, he can find a new team, or I mean, for Nets. Fournette's older, right? Yeah, Fournette's like, like 28. Okay. Yeah, 28. he's 26. Okay. Um, so, I don't know how long Fournette's going to be there anyway. I mean, he's on a one-year deal. Yeah. Uh, Bernard's on a one-year deal. So, who, who really knows uh, what's going on there? Yeah, it's one of those situations where um, unless somebody trades for him, I'm not sure when he becomes a free agent. might be this year. I don't think they re-upped his rookie contract, but it it all depends where he ends up. I feel like you put him on Miami, he's a usable back. Um, Miami, speaking of Miami, we talked about opportunity versus talent. And Miles Gaskin did see a little bit more opportunity. Um, but in terms of carries, man, that, that backfield is still a mess. Only nine carries on the whole day, but I mean, they started chasing, so... Maybe that's part of it, but he got five for 25. Um, no Malcolm Brown touches at all in the rushing game this week after he had the most touches coming out of the backfield for that backfield last week. Um, but Miles Gaskins was the top receiver as well, 10 for 74 and two touchdowns. Um, what do you do with Miles Gaskins? <laughs> like, um, you sit him on your bench and play him during bye weeks if you have to. I'm trying to see if uh, what happened to Malcolm Brown and why he didn't play, if he suffered an injury or anything. But I don't see that he did. It just wasn't in the game plan. Which is wild because he was all over the game plan the week before. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Not much to write home about when it comes to Miami, man. Um, they're, they're playing Jacoby Brissett. It's looking like Tua can make his return this week. Um, I don't know how to feel about it. Rib injury already wasn't too confident throwing the ball deep. Um, and a lot of the receivers they have can challenge DBs if they go deep, but they don't have the quarterback for that. So trade deadline's coming up, and there's still rumors out there swirling about Desha- a Deshaun Watson acquisition for Miami. Um barring everything that's surrounding his name legally, but they're they're not in a, a playoff spot right now, so I don't I don't know. Do they go ahead and acquire their quarterback for the future possibly, de- barring all the stuff that he's dealing with legally, or do they ride it out and try to add more pieces through the draft? Because the the price tag that Houston set on Watson, even with all he's going through, is still pretty high, so Miami's been avoiding paying that price, but will somebody give before the trade deadline, which I think is two weeks away? Um, I believe it would be smart for them not to trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a generational talent. Uh, although I'm not a big fan of Tua, you did draft him, what, fourth overall? Yeah. 
Uh, please excuse my dog in the background if you guys can hear him. He just wants to participate. It's okay. He's literally in like the other room, just barking. <laughs> um, but I think if you were say three and two, sure, trade for him. If you're trying to make a playoff push this year, but you're you're one you're one and four, bottom of the division. Like, is there a point? Quite honestly, nah. At this point, you could just see what you have in Tua. I'd open the playbook up. Um, I know it's hard to tell him to just become a gunslinger, especially now dealing with injured ribs and an offensive line that is quite porous, just lets people through. And two receivers out. Yeah. Devontae Parker's hurt and Will Fuller's on IR. Yeah. But, I don't know, see what you have in that in that Waddle-Tua connection. For the next couple weeks. Um, and yeah. I mean. We talk about taking positions of need in the draft. And it that 21 spot. I don't even remember who they took. Uh, I think it was. What? Two years ago? Two years ago they had the opportunity for a, for a Dobbins or a Jonathan Taylor. Or a running back of that caliber. And they didn't do it. Yeah. They passed on Swift. Yeah. Passed on JT. Yeah. And Dobbins, right? I don't think... I think Dobbins was back there still. And then this year, they had an opportunity at Najee as well. And they passed on Najee. Um, And we talked about Miles Gaston's being talented, but... Yeah, but they would have had to trade down, no? uh, Did they have a pick? They had a pick in the mix. They had a pick at 17, I think. Or something there. Unless they had traded their pick before the draft. But at one point, they were in that 17 to 21 range. And it was rumored that it could happen, but they were worried about the line. All I'll say is, though the Steelers have better coaching, that line isn't much better. And Najee's producing at a pretty good level. So, I don't know. Sometimes, if you're really investing in your offense, sometimes the running back is the right play. And maybe this year they they discover that and they take somebody, but these last two drafts had some talented guys that they just let, you know, end up on different rosters. But I think that's I think that's that for them. If I'm them, I start scouting scouting prospects and seeing what's out there to to keep solidifying the team. I agree with you. Acquiring a Watson right now is kind of a wash, unless they plan to just ride the season out because I feel like he probably will end up on the exempt list whenever his legal things come to an end. Um, but yeah, that price tag is too high. Unless they can bring that price tag down, not worth the acquisition. Um, Saints get back on track, though. Saints are 3-2. and two. How do you feel about Jameis this year? I think that Jameis is uh, unpredictable. You see flashes of great play, and then he throws a pick. But granted, he's only thrown three picks this year. Um, Four touchdowns this game. I think Sean Payton is just the best possible coach for for Jameis. Yeah. Uh, He schemes up a good game for him. Um, Kamara, great running back to lean on as well. Who also had a very decent day um, in both aspects of the game running uh, and receiving. He had two touchdowns total. 
um, something that they strayed away from last week in their loss against the Giants uh, that we that we noted that he had he had no receptions and that really hurt them and and how dynamic they are. Uh, Jameis was able to go deep quite a bit this game. Uh, one touchdown for 72 yards to Deontay Harris. Mm-hmm. Can't remember his first name. And then uh, Callaway as well. Um, I don't know. I, I don't trust him still. But they look decent enough to beat bad teams. I think he's still dealing with the inner gunslinger. Like, the, the system is so rigid to kind of keep him um, in check, keep him from making mistakes. And I feel like that carries over sometimes into the game where he gets apprehension apprehensive on certain throws right like certain things that he'll just let loose especially in Tampa he's kind of like worried about the turnover a little bit too much or not following the system the best um the more comfortable he gets in the system though I feel like he's a very solid quarterback for what Champagne is trying to do and he brings another aspect to the game that for many years with Drew Brees they didn't have which is that deep ball um and when he gets a receiver like Michael Thomas to lean on which we don't know how long Michael Thomas will be in New Orleans coming back off that injury. It's very possible he still gets moved. I mean, in the offseason, there was some chatter, and he was a little bit disgruntled with the organization. So we're saying get back Michael Thomas, but it's very possible he still ends up on a different roster. Um, but if he doesn't, that is a solid go-to receiver for short yardage and to make the game a little bit easier for a guy like Jameis. And with them being 3-2, and two, they're right back in the mix. Uh, Carolina drops two. So that division is a chase behind the Buccaneers right now. Um, they beat up on a Washington team that really has been underperforming, in my opinion. Barring, Especially on the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. Like, they lose their starting quarterback, but the defense was supposed to be a lot more than what it's been playing at level-wise. Heineke had a 20-for-41 day, 248 and two interceptions. Gibson had a good day fantasy-wise. He went 20 for 60 and two touchdowns, but he's dealing with that shin fracture. Really worried about that long-term for the rest of the season. If I'm a Gibson owner, I take this as a nice opportunity to try to sell high on him, especially in redraft. But um, In Dynasty, are you holding? Yeah, I am. I still like the talent, but you have to keep J.D. McKissick uh, if you own Gibson. Quite honestly, McKissick in a lot of weeks is usable on his own, even without Gibson, just based on the the volume of passing work he gets um, in an offense where Heineke, even though he's playing well and he's familiar, he still needs a safety blanket at times to, you know, in, in a rough spot, just a dump off. And it's usually not Gibson in those cases. So, yeah, for... For Gibson right now, again, based on his value, if you paid for him in the offseason, unless you're selling at a nice equal or a high spot right now, I'd have to hold because I still believe he's young. This offense is going to keep getting better. Um, If they don't find their quarterback of the future in this draft, hopefully they add some offensive line help still. This defense is underperforming. As soon as it starts performing like it's supposed to, They'll be in a smash spot for more games where you could be handing the ball off a little bit more to a guy like Gibson. And um, he is dealing with an injury, so he could recover. 
um, from that and be 100% healthy. Dynasty perspective, I still believe in the talent. So, yeah, I'm holding. Yeah, uh, just to reiterate something on the defense, um, Chase Young was supposed to have, like, such a, such a breakout year. Um, not that he didn't have a fantastic year last year, but he was really supposed to make a stamp on the league this year. And he's actually yet to do that. Uh, he actually recorded his first sack in the first five games yesterday. Um, really? Two days ago, excuse I me. I didn't know he didn't have a sack yeah. all year. He had he had pressures, but he's only he, he only has one sack, and uh, that's not good enough if you're the captain of your defense. You're the number two pick, number two. I think so. Yeah, it was it number was two Burrow pick in the draft. Yeah. So I don't know. He he needs to be better. He needs to get that that defense going, create a spark, get the fans going, losing. At home to the Saints, it's just not a good look for a team that had playoff hopes this year. Yeah, I think that's warranted. I think it's it's very reasonable criticism. And um, outside of the Cowboys, that division is wide open for second, second place too. Um, no team looks great, but the Eagles came through with a clutch performance against the Panthers last yesterday um, on Sunday as well um, played a lot of the game down looked out of it for most of the game gosh they looked terrible until halftime yeah but um, Jalen Hurts puts the team on his back ends the game with two rushing touchdowns um, they get ahead of Carolina who after those first three weeks of playing um, some crazy offense some very efficient offense um, Sam Darnold not really turning off turning over the ball um, Sam Darnold's had five picks in the last two weeks now. So, seeing shades of the Jets version of Sam Darnold. Um, rough spot for DJ Moore. Didn't really have a good game. Um, on the opposite side, Devontae Smith had a very solid day, 7 for 77. Um, Miles Sanders is still practically unusable. Uh, had 11 carries. Led the backfield with carries this week, but not efficient at all. Um, in the red zone, Jalen Hurts is the guy taking the rushes into the <laughs> into the end zone. Um, what do you do? Quite honestly, outside of Jalen Hurts and um, the obvious guys on the field like DJ Moore, Devontae Smith, what do you do with like a Miles Sanders? Because his value from coming from two years ago to now, tremendous decline. Um, I think we mentioned it last podcast as well. Uh, I'm I'm holding if I have him because the amount that I can get back for him is way too low. And if people are selling him, I'm buying. Because of how like cheap? Like he is, yeah, how cheap he is. And um, in this game, he actually played the most snaps, I believe. I'm going to double check that. I think he did. Um, Gainwell only got two carries out of the backfield i think one of the biggest issues for philly and it's part of the issue with their offense as well is that they don't run the ball enough you know i know they're worried about their offensive line um and how well it could do in the run blocking game but they are not using their running game efficiently to set up their passing game and i feel like they should take a page out of Baltimore's book usually and get it get their running backs more involved and if they're going to use Jalen Hurts as a runner do it a little bit more efficiently 
Um, Because 22 for 91, that's not a bad shout in terms of, like, production, average yards per rush attempt. But, like, you could definitely control the pace of the game and kind of bend teams to your will if you just use your talent. You have Miles Sanders, who's a very capable back. Kenny Gainwell, who's been playing very well for you guys as well. And Jalen Hurts, who's pretty much a solid back at the quarterback position as well. Start scheming more runs into your game. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think he, he he only recorded like, I think it was four runs at the half. If, if that yeah really bad yeah and I mentioned it in the group chat as well I was like they literally don't run the ball yeah you're right it's it's the probably the most frustrating thing of all time and it's not lack of a back it's not lack of talent right because you have teams out there with lack of talent where that could be said like oh we just don't have the running back for it but you have options back there I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm buying and I'm holding if I have him. I think he is due. He is like the most due player in the league. <laughs> well, I mean, fair. I'm st- you know what? I'm gonna start him this week. You are? You think you think this is yeah, the week? Yeah. P- pick a pick a another running back. Which league is he um playing in? Florida Fantasy. No, I mean, which which team is he playing next week? Oh, you. Um, this is not the week. This is not the week. Never mind. And on a short week. Yeah, <laughs> this is not the week. <laughs> um, but with how freaking fantasy goes, man, you think it's it's an easy call to be like, oh, he's playing this defense, no way. But I don't even, I don't know. I feel like it's not the week based on him playing the Bucks on Thursday. But watch, he's scoring three. That's the thing. It's going to be something crazy like that, right? Uh, but yeah, you said scoring three touchdowns. He's not Derrick Henry, who rushed three TDs in on my Jags. I know you made fun of me for not picking my boys, but sometimes you know. Sometimes you know. You could feel it. And um, Derrick Henry, King Henry, 29 carries, 130 yards, three touchdowns. From For his standpoint, um, 30 carries usually nets him a higher per yard average, but I don't think anybody's upset with the production they got for starting him. Um, three touchdown game is pretty nice. Um, I had him in one league and paid quite a bit of dividends for me. A guy who we knew had the talent, who had a great day as well on the ground, James Robinson, 18 carries, 149 on the touchdown. Just when you give him majority touches and let, let him get working, he's, he's a talented running back. And, um, Carlos Hyde was back this week. I was not a fan of that. Um, was able to siphon five touches, but nothing crazy. Um, they're using Trevor Lawrence a lot more in the running game as well now, but James Robinson with back-to-back smash point weeks. Um, how do you feel about a James Rob going forward for the rest of the season? Uh, something that in this game that worried me, um, from a PPR perspective, he's not getting targets. He didn't get any this um, week? He, he had one Damn. Uh, for minus two yards. Um, but I mean, I'm encouraged. Yeah, I think they're finally clicking in the run game. Uh, Lawrence is kind of leaning on him to do a little bit more work than uh, he was, and it, it's making Lawrence play better, in my opinion. 
Um, when, when you're able to run the ball effectively, it opens up play action. Your, read, your run pass option is there. So I think if you could trade for James Robinson, I think you missed your chance. Yeah. If you were to trade, like, say, James Robinson for an A.J. Brown, I think you're an idiot. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I mean, he um, wouldn't be playing for me anyway, so. Whatever. Um. Yeah. I, I think not much to I say, like really. Um, he's in another smash spot next week. He flies out to London to play Miami in London early morning game next Sunday. Um, I think it's a good spot for the Jags. We always play better in London. Um, Miami is quite a beat up team, also. But you know, you never yeah, know. Could these be your first go. win. Could be the first win. Fingers crossed. If I'm betting on us winning any game, it's it's next week. Um, I think it's a nice match spot for the the Jacksonville receivers too. That's why it's tough for me to bench a guy like Lavishka going into next week. But um, I feel like we could do number on that on that secondary, that Miami secondary, and Lawrence will be able to get his first 300 yard passing game hopefully next week as well. Um, the Titans passing game is still a little bit difficult to figure out. Um, nobody caught more than three receptions, I think. Let me see. Yeah, three receptions were the high. I mean, they didn't really have much reasons to be throwing the ball anyway. But still don't know how to gauge their passing game. Um, I still believe brighter days are ahead for A.J. Brown. Um, and when they do need to throw the ball, hopefully things will things will kind of adjust and figure themselves out. They're 3-2, and two, uh, and they're facing the Bills this week, which this is a game where they will have to throw the ball <laughs> to keep up. So... We'll see. Um, we watched the Bills pretty much shut down a guy like Tiger Kill last week, but A.J. Brown's a different type of receiver build. Um, and it's looking like Julio will be back for this matchup as well. So um, this is the week to see what they're scheming passing-wise. Um, other than that, Derrick Henry's still doing very much Derrick Henry-type things. And um, Do you think he closes out as the running back one for the year? Yep, I think he has a... He's built a decent enough lead as long as he stays healthy that he will finish as RB1. Um, what do you think? The way that Chargers offense is playing right now, man, I think he could be caught. I think he could be caught. I think I think Eckler's just due for regression. Fair. And Henry isn't. He has three receiving touchdowns. Henry had a no. four-touchdown day and a three-touchdown day. No, he had two threes. He had two threes. My bad. Um, no, I don't think Derrick Henry's due for aggression. Okay. He's a two. He's a two thousand yard rusher. rusher. Fair, fair. I was thinking more touchdown um, regression, but fair. I mean, he had seventeen last year. We're through five. Yeah. I mean, a little bit sure. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Um, another team in the. AFC South Division played a heck of a game against the Patriots. Um, looked good for many, many quarters. Davis Mills, who we roasted for his horrible performance the week before, um, we said that Bill Belichick would demolish him, him being a rookie quarterback, and just his the way he played the week before. Came out and went 21 for 29, 312, and three touchdowns. 
I did not kind see of, that kind coming. Of, kind of the best quarterback in the league. I did not see that coming. Um, in DFS, I played him last week. Uh, he got me negative points. <laughs> in and in this week, I fade him at probably his what forty five hundred price tag or forty six hundred price tag, and he would have been a smash spot in any league. He would have done wonders for you in DFS. But hey, again, football isn't always predictive, so. We move. Um, Mac and the Patriots showed some heart and some fight. Uh, Damian Harris goes down with a little bit of a chest injury. We were able to see a little bit of Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden in that backfield covering for him when he went down with that chest injury. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson looked good on the touches that he did get. Um, very inefficient day, though, 11 for 23. But the, you saw opportunities for burst. Um and he didn't look the worst, even though the stats say otherwise. But I don't think he's ready for the showtime yet. Um, Hunter Henry, 6 for 75 and a touchdown. The biggest waste of money so far this year, Mr. Janu Smith. Where is he? Why did they sign him? Um, two for 27. They just, they're just like two tight end sets, man. One for five oh. rushing. Janu Smith. Um... Why did they sign all these receivers is the real question. Uh, true. Um, why is Kendrick Bourne not getting more touches? A little bit frustrated. Yeah, Kendrick Jason Bourne. A little bit frustrated. I put a little money on him getting over 30 yards. He ends with 3 for 26. Of course. Of course. Should have bet total yards, dude. Um, it, it was on Underdog Fantasy, which I don't think they had a total yard. Uh bet on him Kendrick Bourne yeah they only had <laughs> over not. 30 and a half receiving for him but um Patriots fight hard and, and make a comeback um I was talking to a Patriots fan at work and he said if they lost this game uh they should go back to cheating and like listening to sidelines because there's no way they should lose to the Texans and man they were they're were on the verge of it but again good teams find a way to win games and bad teams find a way to lose them and they were up what 22 to 9 at one point or 22 to what seven? Twenty-two to nine. Yeah, twenty-two to nine at one point, and find a way to lose the game. Um, from a fantasy perspective, it's tough to be confident in anybody on these offenses. Uh, the guy who went crazy was Chris Moore. I'm not using a first priority waiver wire bid on him. I'm not spending a lot of fab on him because he's a receiver that plays for the Texans. Um, that's not Brandon Cooks, who had a rough day, three for twenty-three, but. Not acquiring him. Chris Conley also had a pretty decent day, 3 for 84, but I don't care. I don't want him. And, um, yeah, if you are forced to play any of these guys in a very significant role in your fantasy team, you are probably doing fantasy wrong. Um, the only guy I would look going forward to possibly playing week to week is a Hunter Henry, who, when healthy, has shown the ability to be that tight end one um, for teams. And for Mac, he's been a his favorite target, I think, in the red zone. And um, one of the comfortable receivers he's been um, targeting in that offense. So if if you have Hunter Henry, you're starting him because that position is just so rough. But even a guy like Brandon Cooks or Jacoby Myers, who we had a lot of faith in beginning of the year, um, it's tough. It's tough to start them with confidence. So that's that's my take on those two teams. I like it. Um. I think we had said the Patriots were going to cover. Yeah, they did not. 
that was a, that was a tough one. Yeah. Um, I don't really have m- many thoughts about the Texans other than uh, if you want to hear me vent about David Johnson. <laughs> oh, why? Because he's just invisible now. I mean, like he's just clearly the best running back on the team. Yeah. But they just love Mark Ingram. Like I don't care that he's twenty nine and like really old. Use him. But they look. But they love Mark Ingram. They signed Mark Ingram. Yeah, and if the, if anything, like I wouldn't mind if they use Philip Lindsay. Yeah. But just don't use Mark Ingram, please. Nah, man, they're gonna keep putting him out there. They're gonna keep putting him out there, even when it makes um, little to no sense. Yeah. Um, something to keep note of uh, that we didn't really talk about the James White injury. Yeah. Um, that's what. It seems that Brandon Bolden has really slotted into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the Patriots are going to be losing in a lot of, like, they are losing big to the Texans, like, assume that they're down big against, say, like, the Chargers in three weeks, the Cowboys next week. Um, I wouldn't mind picking up Brandon Bolden on a bye week flex, you know? I know what you're saying. Uh, I think his floor is around the same as James White. He had four catches last game, six before that, three. Not a lot of, well, actually, against Tampa, he had six for 51. That's perfect for a flex on a bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, just something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying burn your waiver one priority or or blow more than three fab on him, but, like, just just to keep an eye out um, Yeah, as I, that progresses. I kind of messed up in a league that I'm tanking in. And I did not uh, acquire him, so a little bit, a little bit frustrated because I had James White on that tanking roster, and I should have acquired him just to just to have a spot, just to throw him in that running back spot. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't do it there. Um, we'll be coming up with a video. I keep saying that about this team that I'm rebuilding. Um, hopefully, make it a competitor in two years. But um, yeah. James White might be done for his career, to be honest. He's a little bit older, and the injury was pretty rough if it's a hip injury. So we might be seeing the last of James White, which is sad to see. You know, 29-year-old running back that was already a pass-catching running back. Severe hip injury. He's going to lose that cut, probably, and burst that he had left. You know, tough to see because he's a great player. Yeah. Tom Brady owes that man a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that whole... Um, organization owes a guy like James White a lot but you know I think he'll get his flowers people know what he's done oh, yeah. for that for that team um, but yeah looking into like more young guns though guys who are trying to make a name for himself Justin Fields picks up his second win in the league uh, with the Bears and before we even get into any breakdown this is something that's on my mind severely as um, an owner of this player in a few leagues what do you do with Allen Robinson? Um, Can you even start him anymore? Nope. He is a non-startable player. Even in your flex, obviously in deep, deep leagues, like 12-team leagues, I think you have to start him, uh, depending on your options. Um, but there's much better players to start. Um, like a Hunter Renfro. You can start <laughs> a Hunter Renfro say. over here. You can start. I mean, I think everyone would start rugs over him at this point. Um, 
like a Kadarius Tony or I mean LaVisca Chenault is more consistent than he is and that's saying something yeah like there's just so many better options than Allen Robinson don't drop him but leave him on your bench until he proves himself proves to you otherwise that he is startable I don't even like it's so hard man right and I'm trying to like he's so talented it's like weird it's weird because you figure somebody like that would be a pretty comfortable person to pass to for a young quarterback and it's been Darnell Mooney (laughs) it's legit been Darnell Mooney um one thing I do want to kind of pat myself on the back for we talked about it going into this week um everybody's picking up Damian Williams go out and pick up Khalil Herbert on the sly because not many people are looking there and Khalil Herbert got 18 carries um 4.2 yards per carry was getting a lot of work actually getting some touches in the red zone as well just couldn't really um convert those Damian Williams did convert his red zone touch but if you look at the numbers Khalil Herbert was getting a lot of work for the team and I think in a spot where you'll be missing Montgomery for at least another three to four weeks you might have a week where you might have to use Khalil Herbert and he would be a good a good bye week fill-in for you so if he's still out there on waivers go acquire him um Fields had to leave the game for a little bit with an injury, but he did return. Um, the Raiders are going to be reeling for a minute because um, they lose their coach because of some misconduct that he had seven years ago before being the coach. Um, some very tough emails to, to have out there. Very disrespectful emails to many walks of life, whether it be race, um, sexuality, uh, even gender. He went out there and and went after everybody. He said, how can I offend everyone? Yeah, he went out and offended literally everyone. So, he's no longer the coach. Um, they will have a fill-in. So, we will see how they do with their interim coach. But, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, do you think his coaching career is yes. done? Right. He's also done I, on I actually TV. don't. Also. Oh, yeah. I think he's done everywhere. Um, a note for the Raiders. Um, two things. Uh, one, Derek Carr stinks again. Yeah. Three things. Josh Jacobs is back to being super inefficient. Yes. Oh, wait. He's always been inefficient. Told people that. But on the bright side, Falls into the end zone. he had four Every catches. Time. Four catches is good for Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And three... Uh, they still are not getting Darren Waller involved. And that really hurts them week in and week out. Um, when are they going to start targeting Darren Waller like they used to target Darren Waller the first game of the season? Well, that that was, to me, a little excessive. but I know, but... That was excessive targeting. He's only that at- man had 19 targets. Give this man at least 10 to, 10 to 12 targets a game. Yeah. I agree. Like, if you're going to force it, just force it. I mean, you don't need to hit Renfro underneath for four yards every single play. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they are probably scheming a little bit more for a Darren Waller as well, but still, still, like, I don't care. It's one of those things where you, you try to squeeze it in there even if you guys are scheming for, for a player like that because he is a mismatch going over the middle behind those linebackers. And um, 
I don't know what the offensive scheme's gonna be now with Rudin out and the special teams coach filling in, but you would expect that all things should point to a guy like Darren Waller. Yeah, moving forward, I think you start start your studs on the team. I think you have to start Josh Jacobs knowing how he likes to fall like into the freaking end zone. That and like the running back position isn't very deep. Yeah. Same thing with Darren Waller. Other than that, I'm not starting anybody uh, with super extreme confidence on either team, except you know Derek Carr in a two quarterback league or Justin Fields in a two quarterback league. I just, I mean, again, <laughs> in two, it's a starting quarterback. <laughs> you can't really. It's tough. I Not many know, teams man. are loaded I, like you're a champion of chumps. I'm, star- I'm starting Mills over Justin Fields. Oh, really? Consistently? Yeah, I am. Okay, that's that's um, a hot take. Yeah, but yeah, nah. I'm, I don't think it is. Like, have you seen the the numbers that Fields puts up? They're not good. You. They they don't even attempt to be good. Six point seven. Well, that was uh, the first game where he played seven percent of snaps. Yeah. Then in 65%, he got 3.5. And then these are his consistent three starts. 3.92, mm-hmm. 7.26, and then 9.84. All right. But, I mean, we have, what, one Davis Mills game that's usable, too? So, I mean, I guess. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's week five. But it's just... 7.98 and half of a game. 12.72. Then they got shut out by the best defense in the league. But yeah, say that. Say and the then points. he had 33. Minus 1.2. Okay, there we go. Um, That's still. I know, it still I averages mean, out to a better. It still yeah, adds up. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just way, weird to hear. Um, the, the aspect that we were banking on for a guy like Fields was the rushing ability, and we haven't been able to really see that. So I feel like he's just not. Man, it's just not comfortable. I think Matt's just not scheming up a good offensive scheme for a guy like Justin Fields. He's a quarterback with athletic ability and you're forcing him to be a pocket passer use his legs yeah and like a quarterback that really used his legs this this week was trey lance (laughs) yeah and that boy trey lance does not know how to slide that boy one i said it before he got hurt i said he was gonna get hurt and then two he got hurt 16 for 89 on the ground uh, 192 in the air in a pick, which was overthrown by a mile, um, targeting Travis Benjamin, who shouldn't be playing ever. <laughs> but I mean, but that's besides the point. Hey, man, he was out there. So, um, I was watching this game, uh, bits and pieces there, and I watched all the highlights of it. Of course, I watched every single Trey Lance play. He looks so nervous, in my opinion. Um, as a runner, he looked great. But sixteen like for I said, eighty-nine. That's what he you needs to. On. He needs to one learn how to reach the ball out and score a touchdown, especially on a fourth and goal. Um, he needs to get out of bounds and not take as many hits. Um, Tebow, three for fifty-eight. Only startable player in the Niners, honestly. I'm not starting Mitchell. Um, not starting Sermon, obviously, who fell in, back into that secondary role. But it's um, clear Mitchell is the lead back until Jeff Wilson gets back. Correct, but 
I still can't start any of them with confidence yeah. uh, unless Jimmy is back because Jimmy's not going to take 16 rush attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was very clear that Kyle's plan was to get this man um, space. with QB draws. That's clearly the route we're taking. So I, if if Trey Lance, see even my dog agrees with me. Uh, if if Trey Lance wants to be successful, that man need to watch some Lamar tape. I mean, but he's a different runner than Lamar too. But you're right; he needs to learn to to be even he if he's being to, elusive, be smart about being elusive. He needs to get to the boundary, act like he's gonna run out, get a couple more yards, and then run out. Lamar doesn't even slide like the way Lamar eludes. People, he, just falls. he kind of just falls down. Like when he realizes that okay, I can't juke anybody anymore. He kind of just lays flat. <laughs> he just stops and lays flat. Um, I get where you're coming from. Or he could watch Kyler Murray take. Ooh, Kyler Murray's great at sliding. Dude, Kyler Murray sliding. It's it's kind. Of, I mean, he was a baseball player, so it makes sense. But dude, five and zero. Oh. Is Arizona for real? Yeah, I mean, they were for real before the season. I know, but, like, how confident are you in them being a Super Bowl contender? Um, if I had to give them, like, a, a ranking, 10 being the most confident, yeah. 1 being not, um, I'd say about 7 or 8. I was about to say, I'm like, probably at a their 6. Their defensive line I... is super stout. They got a great safety in the back. Their corners aren't bad. I mean, they, they play well as a team. Kyler Murray's the real deal, obviously. Yeah. He can get it done on his legs. Didn't in this game. Had a really pedestrian day, if we're being honest. Seven rushes um, for one yard. That's not a Murray day at all. But they kept yeah, him. We, we, were, we were really, we played really well. And I, I noted this in, the, in our last podcast that that's where we really struggle is against mobile quarterbacks. And they really rectified that this week, I think. Game plan was great by D'Amico Ryan, and I mean we we just got beat. They they made more plays on defense than we did. Um, obviously, we had a pick, two turnovers on downs, uh, three turnover, four turnovers on downs. Excuse me, um, and we just couldn't we could, just couldn't get it done on offense. Like the defense should hold no blame for this game. Mm. I get that. I get that. One thing I want to refer to for the Arizona is there was some A.J. Green regression with um, oh, yeah. Hopkins getting a lot more receptions. But the thing I was hyping up a lot before the season started, I also talked about why I took this person with the last pick in the Florida Fantasy Football draft video, the draft reaction, is Rondo Moore. Um, he got some touches out of the backfield, like I was hoping. He went 3 for 38 out of the backfield. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that going forward. Um, just using him as a weapon in general. He also went 5 for 59 receiving with a beautiful 24-yard reception on the sideline. Toe tap, both toes in. Amazing catch. Um, and I feel like the ties should be switching to getting him more involved in that offense. Um, from, a fa- from a dynasty standpoint, I'm trying to acquire him everywhere, but of course nobody's dealing him. Um, but yeah, that was that was awesome to see. And from the Niners' perspective... Ayuk 2 for 32, still just wild to see the fall from last year compared to this year. Um, I'm not sure if it's still a situation where he's in the doghouse, if it's partially injury-based, if, if it's... Oh, no, he's good. If it's um, 
I was clean. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 a very confusing thing. There was some regression for Debo, but like you said, Debo is still the only guy I start with confidence. It's hard to have confidence in your pass catchers when Trey is out there just figuring out the game still. Um, but yeah, the the offense runs into who did they play next week? They're on bye, right? Yeah, yeah they're on bye. Bye so. week, and then hopefully Jimmy's back. Um, Shanahan did confirm that. Yeah, Jimmy's still our starting quarterback. Yeah. So. Um, and the Cardinals. Right I, I, the I think I think Lance needs this whole year just to relax. Oh, no, I wanted him. Yeah, I mean, I, I I said it like when he when we drafted him. I want Jimmy G to start the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I want want this kid. I think he's going to be good. Um, there was obviously good parts of his game and bad parts. A lot of, a lot of kinks to work out. Uh, didn't even play football last year. So. You're right. You're right. So we'll, we'll see how he matures as his career furthers. Yeah. Hopefully his knee issue isn't too bad. But Anyway, he should be sitting like you said. So. Um, right. Hopefully that kind of rules him back in and he could – he could do a lot more learning on the bench. Uh, Arizona goes home or stays home to play the Browns. Let me see, because I know they play the Browns. No, they go to Cleveland to play the Browns, which um, was a defense a lot of people were saying, be worried to start your offensive players against. And then they blow the over out of the water against the Chargers this week. Uh, healthy 42-47 to 47 game. Chargers just put up all kind of numbers on this Cleveland defense. Justin Herbert decides I'm going to throw for 398 and four touchdowns, you know, just because I can. Um, also pairs that with a rushing touchdown. Um, Eckler, 17 carries for 66 yards. Not an efficient per yard day, but two rushing touchdowns. Um, I feel like something we have to discuss, too, because this was something that Rob was talking about in one of the podcasts we had which was receivers kind of making that shift to um, who's going to be the one and who's going to be the two based on the first few weeks of production. I think there's a clear changing in the guard of who's the number one receiver in Los Angeles now and who's the number two. Um, Mike Williams undoubtedly has evolved as a receiver. He's not just a deep ball catcher. He's shown ability to get off the line with great precision, get himself open, get himself into space. Eight for 165 and two touchdowns. Um, definitely, we talked about late round receivers that have sh- shown great dividends for you. And Mike Williams was what a six to eight round pick. I feel like in some leagues, maybe even like later, seven to nine. Yeah, and wide receiver one, I think, right? Still, he must have passed Cup this this week. Had to have with that with that production that he put forth. Um. Just insane, man. That that offense was clicking on a whole nother level. Eckler added five for 53 and a touchdown on the ground, bringing himself to three touchdowns for the day. Um, Keenan Allen's still a pretty solid starter, six for 75, but he's not getting any touchdowns, like nothing in the red zone, which you hate to see as a Keenan Allen owner. Um, and I feel like your point to sell Keenan Allen is, uh, probably passed now. You just have to ride ride his value out unless a Mike Williams gets hurt. Um but Mike Williams, man, I'm not kicking myself, but I did get a few offers in the offseason to acquire a guy like Mike Williams, and I just, I was so anti-Mike Williams that I have no shares of him. Um, how do you feel about a Mike Williams going forward in Dynasty? Um, 
I don't know how old he is. Uh, He's 27. I, I, I hear your point in uh, the whole Keenan Allen thing, but Keenan Allen still leads the team in targets. So, I still got Keenan Allen as the number one receiver. Obviously, like, they scheme up Mike Williams more in the end zone, sure. Um, and maybe, like, obviously, he'll, he'll finish with this great lead that he has over Keenan in, in fantasy, but from a pure football perspective, I still see Keenan Allen as the wide receiver one. Do you think he's a coverage thing where uh, he's just drawing better coverage into Mike Williams with how he's progressed as a player? It's eaten off of that a little bit better than prior years? I mean, maybe. I, I haven't really watched enough Chargers football um, to really know. And the one game I did watch, Mike Williams was terrible. Yeah. But that so. offense in general was kind of stuttering. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess. Keenan still had his had his, his catches, though. Yeah. I think that's like something that's always consistent. In a PPR standpoint, and you can't hate the production um, for Keenan Allen. Um, half PPR, you're a little bit more apprehensive. It, it does hurt for him not to get in the end zone, but um, still a solid starting option. And if you're a com- competitive team that's going for a championship i know it's week five so you're starting to see the teams that'll shape out to be playoff teams and who are just going to be pretenders and and who's actually contenders based on the roster and the the record um if you could acquire a, a keenan allen for cheap then by all means um go ahead and, and make that push because i feel like there will be better weeks ahead he will get into the end zone um he's still going to get his targets but mike williams has been a revelation this year yeah, definitely a steal of the draft. Yeah. That is without without uh, question. That's why you could wait um, on your receivers. Yeah, on the, on the, That's why you could always wait on your receivers. On the Brown side, they uh, they continue to ball. They, they fought so they hard. They lost this game. They fought so hard. Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Multiple touchdowns. Yeah. We got Njoku, who just, who is this man? Seven for one forty nine and a touchdown. Yeah. Don't expect that every week. But don't still, expect that any week. OBJ, <laughs> who are you? Like you, you don't even exist. You're two, two for twenty. Dude, seven for one forty nine. Droppable. For Njoku. Droppable. And you know he dropped that on ninety five percent of benches. If you're starting like, an Njoku. No. He dro- he dropped that on ninety five percent of the waiver the waiver <laughs> list. <laughs> I played Sailor's K. Shout out to Sailor's K. And he had Njoku on his bench, and um, Lucky he was you. kicking. He was kicking himself. I mean, he wouldn't have beat me anyway, but he was kicking himself because, like, how was I supposed to know that Njoku was gonna play like prime OBJ today? <laughs> and I'm like, hey man, I don't know. I guess this was just his breakout spot. <laughs> you you hate to see yeah, it. As, but still, as for must starts on this team, it's just the two running backs. Yeah, man. Um, um hunt a lot of touches in the red zone, scoring a ton of touchdowns. Um, great usage kind passing of and running. From, kind of a flashback from his, his year in Kansas, uh, City. Kansas yeah. City where he just really balled out. In the red zone, he's just really he's really efficient, and I think that's what they've realized. Chubb was a little bit um, was on the list of some of the most inefficient runners in the red zone last year. Um, I don't know if Cleveland paid attention to that stat and was like, let's get 
Kev, um, Kareem involved in that red zone because when he played for the Chiefs, he was one of the most efficient running backs in the red zone. Um, but Chubb's still getting his work. The, the thing you have to worry about um, between Chubb and Hunt, right, is we talk about valuable touches for running backs, and Chubb probably has four receptions on the entire year because he does not get targeted out of the backfield, while Kareem Hunt had five receptions this game. So... Yes, they're going to use Chubb as a hammer, and this game he went 21 for 161 and a touchdown. Great day. But on days like last last week, before week 5, week 4, um, where he went like 10 for 86 and didn't score, you're due for games like that. Because he doesn't get involved in the passing game. So, to be quite honest, at the price tag and how they use both running backs, I would take Hunt at his ADP over Chubb. And for the rest of the season... I would be more comfortable starting a hunt over Chubb. Um, yeah, because I know that where you might get caught up with non-red zone touches, Hunt's gonna give me a very swift-like performance where he'll he'll get touches out of that backfield receiving-wise. Because just like in Detroit, this wide receiving group is hurting with Jarvis Landry not being there. Now when Landry comes back. There might be a shift back to a little bit more pound the ball with Chubb and some of those receptions that are going to like an Njoku, a Donovan, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and a Hunt will revert back to Jarvis Landry. So that is something to pay attention to when he gets off IR. But as of right now, I, I would feel a lot more comfortable with Hunt in my lineup than a Chubb. Uh, I honestly agree with that. I mean, I think the numbers speak for themselves. Um, let me see where they're both ranked. I believe Kareem Hunt is ranked number six. Hunt probably snuck himself in into the PPR. top 15 now with that performance. I mean, Hunt was already top 10. He was? No, not Hunt. I mean, mm-hmm. Chubb. With that Chubb. performance, he's probably top 15 now. Like a 12 or My... 13 range. Um... Can you look that up on Sleeper? Yeah, I got uh, you. My, my thing's not really working. Um, but I think moving forward, I mean, I was going to look to sell Hunt, uh, not this week, but next week. Uh, basically because... Yeah, Chubb's 12 now. Chubb's and 12 PPR. and Hunt is 6? Yeah. Okay. Um, just based off, like, I always feel like Nick Chubb is, like, better. but But is he truly... It's volume, like, um, but we've seen Kareem Hunt as a as a every down back finish as the number one back in fantasy, and we are yet to see Chubb produce at that level, and that was because of Kareem's again able to catch the ball out of the backfield, even though the Chiefs weren't doing that a lot, and be super efficient in the red zone. He, I think he scored the most touchdowns at the running back position the year that he was there, his rookie year, and had over 1,300 yards rushing, right? And yes, that offense was clicking on another level compared to the Browns' offense, but this Browns' offense is schemed for the runner. And um, Chubb had higher draft capital, of course, but I don't, I don't think it's as clear-cut as people think that, oh, he's just a better running back than Kareem Hunt. It's just the the situation Hunt got put in. That's why I still believe from a dynasty perspective, if these two were ever to get split up, if Hunt was to get his own team again and you own both, 
you're in a you're in a great situation. Yeah, I I think you were in that position uh, before you dealt him away in one dynasty league. I don't think you had Chubb, but I know you had Hunt for. Yeah, there's a few dynasty leagues where I had Hunt for. I had acquired him for fairly cheap, or I had acquired him because of um, a Chubb injury, and my plan was to keep him even when Chubb came back because I was. My belief was Atlanta was going to try to make a deal for him, or some team that was really needy at the running back position would make a deal for him. But as time progresses and he gets older. Um, if it doesn't happen this year, and him saying that he likes being in Cleveland, I think he did sign an extension in Cleveland, he's going to be a part of that team in this kind of committee for a while. And then by the time he gets out of this co- committee, unless, again, somebody steps up and is like, no, we're actually going to make a trade for him, I don't see how viable it would have been to keep both or to just keep one. But like we've seen this year, when the options at wide receiver are thin, both guys are just super talented i'm seeing teams start both of them now which makes complete sense i think i lost to a team this week that started both of them at the running back position um so i ask you this what price point like uh and do it per like say like which player would you be comfortable trading for hunt um it depends on what that team needs if that team's uh well your your team needs a running back Oh, no, but I mean, like, what am I trading to acquire Hunt? I'm saying it depends what what the other team needs. So if the team's competitive and is looking for, like, wide receiver help. No, redraft, redraft, redraft. Oh, just redraft? redraft? Would I trade for him? At this point in time, if we're talking, like, a small roster like the league you have him in, um, you have to give me a solid running back back. Like, um... Running back so thin now with the injuries, but uh, if you want to take a shot on like somebody that's hurt, like a Montgomery, and then a, a low wide receiver to boot, or like I know you had an offer where it was Waller for Hunt, and you do need tight end help, and I feel like better days ahead are coming for Waller. I would be okay with that type of deal, but. I don't like a one for one for one. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be that much regression for a guy like Hunt, and I think Waller's targets are going to start going back up, um, based on just the new coaching as well. They're going to go to what's comfortable, um, and it's going to be a lot of Waller going down the stretch. I feel like, but it's tough. It's tough to deal Hunt because. Yeah, I just don't really know what like in in the league that we're talking about, which is the Florida Fantasy Football League. Um, my running backs are Cordero Patterson, the GOAT, um, Derrick Henry. I have Hubbard, but uh, I don't have McCaffrey, clearly. Yeah. Miles Sanders, who's been a big bust, mm-hmm. and then Kareem Hunt. I got I got Patterson on bye, Sanders not yet, but I don't know. It's, it's like, it's tough. I would I would be comfortable based on need because again these rosters are so small. Getting a, an elite tight end like Waller, because in reality you should have been starting Hunt, but you don't really have. I mean, you haven't really paid for not starting him, because Patterson's been a good start, and then you've been starting Chuba, but Hunt has just been going crazy on your bench. So if you're not going to use him, deal him. 
Like I felt I felt in that position, but I I had needs. Your wide receivers are pretty solid with Jefferson and Chase. So I had to go out and acquire an AJ Brown, which hasn't performed yet, but pairing him with DJ Moore, I feel like better days are ahead for my wide receiving core. Your team's pretty set in all in all facets. It's just trying to upgrade at the position. Maybe if you could pair a hunt with um with another player and like level up to one of these teams, which a few of these teams have been doing a version of that, but just with really bad players. Uh, maybe you could offer a, a, a better deal like that, like pair a hunt with a with a, with a Sutton and turn that into uh, a CMC because that team I think is reeling. I think that team is what two and three. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that team is two and three. Like they're they're struggling and they don't have and they just lost Ceh, so they lost Ceh. McCaffrey's been a question mark and they don't have very valuable running backs to fill out that roster. Maybe you could give them a Hunt and Sutton, maybe take Cup, Sutton uh, Hunt and Sutton, and take like CMC and you have Hubbard, so that works out for you. You know, something like that. Hmm, smooth. Uh, there's like certain people in this league though um, that have been in questionable trades yeah. and we'll get into that when we do a recap with uh, Dave and Robert whenever we can get that scheduled mm-hmm. um, that makes me not want to trade with these play- uh, certain players and that, that, that being one of them uh, because I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of someone or that I don't want to be looked upon as a shark, you know? Yeah, but I mean... Even though I am a, totally a shark, and I, <laughs> I kind of do this for a you living. You've got to do that for a living. I mean, it's one of those situations where that deal benefits him tremendously off the jump, to be honest. You know? He's hurting pretty severely at that position, at the running back position. And Hunt is a start. I know people are going to look at it like, oh, he's a running back two in that team, but it's all about valuable touches, like we said before. And this man's like what eight touchdowns on the year already? I haven't checked, but he had one, two, three, four, five. five. He's only at five, so a lot of his production has been without touchdown scoring because he's a running back six with five touchdowns. That's kind mm-hmm. of insane, all right. So the production is there, um, but I mean, there's there's other deals in the in the league that have been questionable i mean i'll probably have a youtube vid also reviewing some of the stuff that's happened in the florida fantasy football league um probably have a whole trade video coming too which hopefully me and you could get on that where we just break down trades from different leagues we're in and um analyze what we think about them and whatnot but yeah man um even though you might be worried about being viewed as somebody taking advantage there's already been enough trades in here where it's like okay it's not you. It's <laughs> that one at least is is makes sense, you know. Yeah. Um, big game in the NFC East. Yeah, East. New York Giants and Dallas. Um, I want to go straight into some big storylines. If you look on the Giant side of the football at the highest producers, you start to get a little bit worried. Why is the highest rushing guy? Devontae Booker, 16 for 42 yards and a touchdown. Why is the highest passing guy, Mike Glennon, 16 for 25 and 196 uh, with a touchdown and two interceptions? Daniel Jones concussed himself on a 
touchdown run attempt. I think it was in the third quarter. And Saquon had one of the ugliest ankle rolls I've seen in a while. Um, rolled it so bad that he ended up having a growth on his on his ankle yeah, pretty that, much. That thing was brutal. That it was brutal looking. Um, and yeah. To pair that all off, Kadarius Tony had a breakout day, 10 for 189, but decided to end it with a punch to a DB's helmet and getting kicked out. Um, Giants are reeling. Uh, the positive for Saquon is, based on initial tests, they're expecting two to four weeks. It's not a break. There's no fracture. It's a low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. So he will be back. Um, and then for... A guy like uh, Daniel Jones, it's just, we'll see how quickly it takes him to get out of concussion protocol. Um, on the Dallas side of the ball, they're clicking on a whole nother level. They put up 44 points. Um, CD had a nice day coming back. Uh, Zeke, 21 for 110. Left the game a little bit with a little bit of a knee injury, but came back. Um, I'm trying to acquire Tony Pollard in a league that I that I have Zeke, but with him having so much standalone value, it's kind of hard to to find league. a to find a deal for Tony Pollard. Um, but CD comes back to life with a 484 and a touchdown day. Um, Dalton Schultz is a very usable tight end and should be starting for you um, if he's tight end three. Yeah, if he's still on waivers, which he shouldn't be, go scoop him up. He's six for seventy nine. Did decent work for you at the tight end position. Amari Cooper spent most of the game quiet, but ended up with a three for 60 and a touchdown day. Um, and yeah, Zeke also had a receiving touchdown on the day. So very productive fantasy day for Zeke. How do you feel about Dallas being four and one? I feel like this is a different different Dallas than we've seen many years, and they look really good. Um, so, I mean, you can look at look at their schedule. I, I, I'm not taking away from them. I think they're a very good team. Um, so they lost a, a close game to the Bucks um, to start off the year, um, and that's when both teams were at full strength. Mm-hmm. Um, Bucks had some injuries in that game early on to their defense, um, but it was still a really good competitive game. So props to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat the Chargers in a slugfest, so that's they're they're one and one, and then the Eagles struggling. Uh, struggling team, yeah. right? Then they played the Panthers, who were three and zero at the time. At the time, yeah. now they're they're struggling. Three and two, lost to the Eagles, right? Yes. And the Panthers, their wins were against the Jets, Denver. the Saints, notable win, okay, and and the Texans. Oh, yeah. So, not a very strong three and zero. So that that brings Dallas to three and one, and now they beat another team that was one and one and three, now one and four. So like, have they played anybody of test? The Chargers, yes, they won by three points in the sluggish game of the season, and then they lost to the other test, which was the Bucks. I mean, I hear I hear your point, and um about tests. And they don't, in my opinion, they don't have another serious test until uh, November 21st, which is the Chiefs game. Ooh, the Chiefs aren't a test, they're bad. But their offense is going to give Dallas's defense a little bit of a test, in my opinion. 
Um, they play the Patriots next in Gillette. Then they play the Vikings. And then they play the Broncos. Um, Falcons. Those are all winnable games. Should be one. Which would put them at what? 8-1? and one? Yeah. So if they're 8-1, and one, they control a lot of things where, where their destiny is concerned. So... Um, even though we feel like they haven't had many tests, they're running through what their schedule is. Now, do I think they'll win the Super Bowl? No. Um, but do I think they finally make it to the playoffs and maybe sneak a playoff win out? I could see that this year. I could see progress in that direction. Um, it's one of those things, though, where like their team has talent at every position, so I'm not sure what they need to add to be Super Bowl contenders. That's the thing. Like, they've looked really good this year at every position. So, I don't know. I guess it's just wait and see. Um, if they stay healthy and things progress, again, we said it already. The one guy they can't lose is Dak because he's playing pretty well and on another level right now. Um, I could see them having a very productive season. Uh, most losses they suffered this year probably is four. But I see them finishing with less than four, four losses on the season. Um, and for the Giants... Tough breaks everywhere, man. Um, we'll see what happens with them going forward. But next week, I feel, is pretty much a wash because everybody's injured and whoever's coming back from injury is coming to face the Rams. So you could you could call that a rough shout um, for for the Giants. Are you calling the Rams, Rams money line a lock? Yeah, Rams money line is a lock. And probably Rams uh, cover 10.5 is a lock, too. I feel like that one could get really ugly, but um, yeah, it's tough tough break for them. But um, they weren't. I mean, they had some they had some bright spots. Uh, the breakout of Kadarius Tony, their first round draft pick, is great to see. Yeah. Evan Ingram, four for fifty five, not not terrible, not terrible for a tight end. I'll take nine and a half points from a tight yeah. end, especially for someone who's on the waiver. Um, bad note, obviously Barkley hurt, yeah. Galladay hurt. Not things you'd love to see. Shepard might be back next week, though. Yeah. So if Daniel Jones somehow clears concussion protocol, things you'd love to see. Yeah. Again, they they I, I think they have their first round pick. They should start scouting to see what's out there, what they need to add. I feel like the offensive lines played a little bit better than expected. That defense also in some in some spots for a few games played a little bit better than expected. But they have a lot they need to add. And uh, personally, I think they're still kicking themselves for not being able to get Devontae Smith. Um, but Kadarius Tony has been uh, has shown that he's a pretty good, pretty good consolation prize for for what they acquired. So, um, yeah. Moving into a game that we thought would be a lot more fireworks, a lot closer, the Bills Chiefs game, um, and ended up being way, 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 way less competitive than expected. The Bills come out and stomp. The Chiefs. It's a 38 to 20 score, but it was way further apart than that. The game was never close. Um, hour and 15 minute rain delay at half, pretty much. Um, but the Bills came out and dominated. Man, Josh Allen, 315 for three touchdowns, uh, passing, and then he also had a rushing touchdown and led the team in rushing yards, 11 for 59. Uh, Dawson Knox, three huge catches for 117 and a touchdown. Uh, just kept getting lost in the in the secondary. Sorensen couldn't find him for some reason. Sorensen couldn't really find anybody all night. Um, and the Chiefs struggled to, to get their offense going. Mahomes leads the Chiefs in rushing 8 for 61. Um, 
a lot of dump offs to Hardman, nine receptions for 76 yards. They had all their coverage focused on Tyreek Hill. Uh, nobody really got involved outside of Hardman and Kelsey in the passing game. Josh Gordon did catch one pass for like 11 yards, but. Miko Hardman, wide receiver too. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just a, just a rough day all around and, and add injury to insult. Uh, the Chiefs lose CEH during the game, uh, possibly for a couple yeah, weeks. Well, you already mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what do you really take away from it for the Chiefs? They needed this when they're two and three. We talked about how this slate coming up was pretty difficult for them and that they could legitimately end up with a what because they play Washington next then they play the Titans then they play Giants and Packers so they could legitimately end up with like a four and eight record right no that math doesn't add up they're two and three so say two and four yeah they can end up with a two and five record two and five yeah Yeah. or three and five record going into the Raiders game it could get really ugly really quick. How do you feel about the Chiefs? Um, am I hitting the panic button? Yeah, yeah. I'd be yeah I am. The panic button too. Um, is it? It's seven spots now, right? Yeah. Make the playoffs. I think so. Um, so right now, I mean, they're one. I'm not saying they're gonna miss the playoffs, but by no means three. They'd have to have the eighth worst record in the division. Which I don't see happening. Yeah. Uh, I think they can turn it on. Their defense just has to figure it out. Their defense is letting um, up. I think they've let up 30 points in every game this season, haven't they? E, no. 29 in one game. So 29, but outside of that, everything is 30 plus. You can't win games yeah. that way. <laughs> no matter who you have. You can if you score 40 plus. I know, but, but they're not. It's, you, you can't have that in your plan. Like, oh yeah, we'll just outscore the other team every time. Um, I think next week is a perfect bounce back spot. Super get right. Um, they're a good team with good talented players. Um, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on the Chiefs just because, like, that's like I'm worried, but not worried. Yeah. It's like a, a weird medium that, like. I have no expectation of them to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I don't see it. So, it, it's like that's why I'm not. Start. I don't want to like dwell on it like that. The Bills are super rough start. Being yeah. um, touted now as Super Bowl contenders, they've looked really good. That defense is playing at an elite level. Um, that offense, with the running game that I had described as being lacking, they've been they've been scheming things in a way that's worked out for them pretty well. Uh, both backs getting touches, both backs contributing in different ways. Um, Josh Allen still being the best back they have on the team. Emmanuel Sanders played very well. Um, Stefan Diggs has been a little bit underwhelming from a fantasy perspective, but um, they're all doing what they need to do to win games. And at the end of the day, that's that's all that's necessary for the Bills from a fantasy perspective. Um, Sanders is a starter, I'd say, in your flex spot. Diggs, you still start him. Zach Moss in deeper leagues, if you really are hurting at running back, it's not a bad shout to start. Singletary is a little bit more sketchy. And Josh Allen is playing at an MVP level type performance right now. So you're you're glad if you have that guy on your roster and redraft and in Dynasty, you're especially happy. Because I think that progresses for many years to come. Um, 
if people are hitting the panic button on Patrick Mahomes, go acquire him as well. This is probably the cheapest you'll be able to get him at. So that's that is my little two cents on that matchup. Yeah, I I think we think we nailed it. Bills good, Chiefs bad. That simple, right? But <laughs> um, moving into probably the second most interesting, the game best game of, of the, the, the week. I don't care what anyone says. It's like second or third. Best game. Best. Because you can, you can put the, the Packers game in there, and you can put the Chargers best game, game in there. Best sure. game. Mark Andrews. Anywho. Best tight end I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Mark Andrews, breakout. Yes. 11 for 147, two touchdowns. Hollywood. Breakout. Just another day at the office. Nah, even doing that Bro, he has not gone no 9 for 10, 100, and whatever it was for two touchdowns. Get out of here. Breakout. Yeah, but... Crazy breakout. But he, he he's averaging, like, 80 yards and a touchdown a game. Well, now he he almost doubled that. So, like, tweaking. Breakout. Breakout. It's not a breakout if he was already being... He was already a top 10 receiver. Breakout. Stop saying that. Like, Mark, Mark Andrews was not a top 10 no, tight end. he was not. We talked about how he has no volume. He's very touchdown dependent. Man came out and got all the volume. Turned the volume all the way up. Definite. Yeah, he blew out the speakers for Definite. sure. No question. Man, I was just on my screen. Every time I saw the ball zipping over the middle. Mark Andrews. 40-yard pass. Mark Andrews. Ugh. Yeah, he was literally just dropping into the, the empty spot of the zone. Yeah. And he was just wide open just the whole time. eating. Eating. Crazy. Such a good game. Um, Ravens started the game off abysmal. They looked shot on offense, but man, um, that second half, but not to skip too far ahead. Let's get into that first half. JT catches a screen pass, takes it 74 yards. Whew, explosion, explosive. Uh, looked pretty good in the passing game. It was, rushing game was a little bit iffy for them. Carson Wentz had a pretty decent day. Uh, Michael Pittman had a good game. Colts looked in control of this thing. But when you have Lamar on the other side of the ball and how dynamic it is, the game's never out of reach. This man put the team on his back. I think it's the, what, he had a, over 400 yards passing? You never see yeah, that from Lamar. It was like 442 passing and then like 49 uh, rushing. 62 62 rushing. rushing? Not as good as Trey Lance. Yeah, not as good as Trey Lance rushing, but... This man, the stat came out. He has over 1,800 yards of offense on his own, which is more than like it's more than like six. Yeah, which is more than like half the league. Insane. And I just want to put out there that a lot of people were like, "Oh, Lamar is no longer a top five dynasty quarterback. Um, he's getting passed up on that list." I think it's time to pump the brakes. I think it's time to put the brakes because a lot of people forgot who Lamar is, um, and he just—it was such a fun game to watch. Balled out on Monday night, um, brought a lot of people back in games. Uh, I was able to win my matchup in Florida Fantasy because he went bananas. Um, won a few leagues because he went bananas, and then I also had to, you know, offer some condolences to people who benched Mark Andrews because of the first few weeks. And he would have won the matchups. Uh, had Marquise Brown starting in a few leagues, he went bananas. Had to console people who benched Marquise Brown, even though I think they still won their matchup. Um, but yeah, 
electric game. How did you feel watching it? Um, so I only watched the fourth quarter because I was watching the Red Sox uh, win the win the ALDS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, from the fourth quarter, I was like, "Oh dang, they're down two scores." Um, the, 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 they'll get one, and then probably the Colts will run out the run out the clock. Um, and they got one, and they did convert. They did convert. No, they didn't convert. That was at the end of the third third quarter. Um, the whatever the Colts. No, I'm tripping. They 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 did get it. It was uh, Mark Andrews, yeah. and then the Colts take like. Shit, like six minutes off the clock, and I'm like, ah, oh, this, is, this is too much time. Is 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 this an Aaron Rodgers like moment? Because they only had one timeout with, it, it was a decent amount of time. It was like two thirty mm-hmm. left, and I was like, yeah, I just was was really questionable on, on what was going on. But man, he just marched down the field. Um, but I will say, all of this uh, happened uh, because of a. Uh, of whatever was wrong with Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah. He has a hip um, a hip injury is what I was, saw. Yeah, he was clearly affected by it and he missed an extra point and two field goals and that kid is money. Like he doesn't really he miss, doesn't. you right. know. So that was his he has one miss from 50 yards and then those were his only misses after that. 50 plus yard. It doesn't say how, how far away it was. Yeah. Um, but so that kid's usually money. Otherwise, the Ravens aren't in this game. So it's tough to see him go through that. And I mean, the Colts know he's a good kicker, so I don't see any issues with him being on the roster. They also said he was dealing with an injury. It's just um, if you're the Colts, do you try to scheme up something else so he wouldn't have been out there forcing to kick? Because essentially his injury did cost you guys the game. I mean, at that point, you're not scoring a touchdown with three seconds left. I know, but like, like you, ha- he had a higher percentage chance of making that kick than he did. They they could have ran the other guy out who missed by inches before that too. The yeah. punter. Nah, I wouldn't risk. I I, I would have made the same decision. You would have just ran. With I didn't want. I didn't want. Uh, I think something Sanchez. Like the Sanchez, kick. I think, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want him taking the, the kick. So. That's understandable. I mean, electric game, and you hate that an injury kind of cost the Colts the win for for lack of you know, better way of putting it, but. It led to an electric moment, and going forward, Jackson plays the Chargers next week. I think that has a, a smash spot to be a great game. It's a 12 o'clock game, which kind of sucks. We'd hope that something like that would be the night game or the Monday night game again, but, you know, whatever. They have their thing, but um, the, the Monday night game next week is going to be Titans-Bills, so... We get to see what's going on with that Tennessee passing offense. Um, sometime this week, we'll probably come to you guys with a preview of Week 6 again. Um, NBA is about to start back up on the 19th, so we'll probably bring you guys an NBA podcast coming up too. Um, 
we have other content we plan to make too on YouTube. Still have FIFA stuff we need to get into. Start a Road to Glory type of challenge and some other stuff there. But yeah, um, crazy week five. And from a fantasy perspective, I enjoyed it. I, I was able to pull out wins in my important league, so that, that felt great. Um, for me, fantasy wise, it was it was pretty rough. Yeah, you have you have some decisions to half make. And half. You, losing Russell Wilson this week was was a tough shot for one of your teams. Yep, but good old Mitch helped oh, me. Oh gosh, I don't want to talk. We'll talk about that on our trade the video we do at some point. Trades that just head scratchers, but you know, whatever. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to this video. It's been a it's been a long yeah, one. Yeah, we we had a lot to say about one, this so. recap. Um, longest one Otto's been a part of. Um, definitely the new longest podcast out of all the ones we posted. Um, it it's been fun. We're over three hundred listens now, so thank you guys for the support. Uh, episode thirty six, so over three hundred listens in thirty six episodes. We we didn't plan for anything like that. We thought we'd still be getting a listen per episode at this point. So feels good feels good thank you guys uh and on that note all right y'all boys